Hi, everybody. This is Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out IssuesProgram.com to check out our stuff. Basically, what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them... Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Boston Bastard Brigade, Electric Sisterhood, and On Mystery Hank proudly present No Points, No Mix, The World's J-Pop and Alternative Hotspot. Bastards and wenches, welcome to episode 301 of No Borders No Race. I am your King Baby Doc Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in, and I have returned. As you may know, I have been away for quite a bit. For a month, I was in Japan for an experience that was simply indescribable. I spent two weeks in the countryside in a beautiful town called Kani, which is in the Gifu Prefecture and about an hour's drive from Nagoya, followed by two weeks in the big city of Tokyo. This was a trip that took nearly three years to prepare for, what with COVID messing up plans here and there, but it finally came to be. For me, I had been trying to get back to Japan for 15 years, and on this trip, I rekindled friendships with people I hadn't seen in a long time. I met people I'd been online friends with for years for the very first time, I also made some new friends along the way. And on today's episode, I am going to talk about it all. The sights, the sounds, the tastes, the smells, and everything in between. All will be revealed, and I'm going to keep things PG in case any of the kids that participated in the program that I did just so happened to listen. So, let us get today's episode right on track, but first... This week's playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear, would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. We're going to start things off with some creepy nuts who have been getting a major push in the West thanks to their contribution to the hit anime Call of the Night. Interestingly enough, the anime and its original manga is named after the creepy nut song Yofukashi no Uta, its Japanese title. From the EP of the same name, this is Ita no Ue no Mamono. Check, check. Uh-uh. Check, 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 check. Uh. 
まずは今日の空気まずは今日の客まずは今日の現場ここの温度感ノリはいいのかいやノリ悪いのか誰で来ちゃいねえよなって誰と話してんのか飲まれちゃいかの終わり時間ももう迫ってるさあ髪のガキのごとく妙な気分で待ってる何か起こりそうな予感研ぎ澄ませて目の五感無かの手をじゃ終われへんなし遂げてから知らなかんやたらヤバめ博士よナイトフライトやかひこうブー倒れて急ガンで運ばれるほど振り絞ってこそ得られる生きてる時間客がパンパンでもサスカーでもぶちかますだけ誰が待っていたっていなくたってもうやめられないやめられないダンベンダンベンまだここにあなめられないなめられないダンベンダン繰り返し逃れられない逃れられない分かっていたってまだここにこの板の上には魔物が潜むぜしかばねの山かけ分けて
passion, freedom, knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. have gone by since her amazing debut album, Mikazuki no Kokai, and now she has finally unleashed her second official album, Sanketsu Sojo. Definitely worth a listen. So, the journey to Japan was a pretty long one, especially for someone who didn't sleep at all the night before our flight. Myself and you who is the frontman of the band Shiari Kubrick, first boarded a flight from Boston to Chicago. And in Chicago, 
I almost wasn't allowed on the plane to Tokyo. The reason? My COVID negative test results would have gone past the 72 hour period four minutes before the plane was to take off. Believe me, I was really nervous when they had told me that. Fortunately, I told them that I was coming from Boston and they let me on with some apologies. Not all apologies, but some. I didn't care. At that point, I was already up for like 30 hours straight. So the flight from Chicago to Tokyo took about 12 hours to get through, which I used the time to catch up on some Netflix shows and series on HBO Max. And no, I can't sleep on planes, hence why I was up the entire time. Then, after going through the most confusing check in system in the world, you and I boarded a plane to Nagoya where we met up with the family of Dr. Ryo Hirata, who has been a childhood friend of Cultural Exchange Initiative founder Mikio Hattori Sensei since kindergarten. We checked in at the Route Inn, a very nice and quaint hotel that was the perfect place to decompress after each day. Also, they have a great free breakfast and one hell of a public bath, of which I used every single day I was staying there. After a day of settling in, myself, you, and Hattori Sensei, who had flown out a week prior to Japan, all went to the Himawari Clinic, where Dr. Hirata works. There, we did some test runs of the games and activities that you and I were planning to do for this after school program. And it was here where I actually got to meet one of my students face to face for the first time. His name is Ko, he loves soccer, and he is a hard working kid. We workshopped some of the games with him and a few other kids that attended, ranging from stuff like charades to song and dance routines. It was after we concluded the workshop when Hattori Sensei brought you and I to her hometown of Mino. And Mino was going to be the original town we were to stay at through the Cultural Exchange Initiative back in 2020. You know, before COVID mucked it up for the rest of us. Here, I saw a beautiful town that looked like it was in a time capsule. Almost all of the buildings there looked like they had been up since the Edo period. We visited some places like a paper airplane shop, had some great tea, and even went to a museum that showcased the history of washi paper, Mino's biggest export. And then our work truly began the next day. You, Hattori Sensei, and I grouped up with some of the other participants, including Kani residents Ice Sensei, Mayumi san, and Ayako san, and began the two week program. For nine weekdays, we traveled to nine different schools and met with many kids ranging from the first to fifth grade. Each day had different activities, such as bingo, Pictionary, Simon Says, and even some songs. All of it using simple English that the kids could easily grasp. Now, I want to take a moment to say how amazing these kids were. Their enthusiasm in class helped to keep me feeling energetic as we played and had fun. 
Okay, I had some help from Pokari Sweat and the Uma Musume Zone energy drinks, both of which are mighty tasty and healthier than Gatorade or any American energy drink. But I'll talk more about the stuff from Japan I put in my mouth later on in the show. As I was saying, the kids in this program were fantastic, and they all did their very best to play along and learn, even if we were more focused on fun activities. Some kids were easy to talk to, others were slightly hesitant. For the hesitant ones, it took a little bit more of an effort for them to talk, even if they were just introducing themselves and sharing their favorite anime or manga or even food or color. But I want to share with you one of my favorite interactions. We were in a class with, I believe, third graders, and we were passing along an inflatable globe to have the kids introduce themselves in English and share their favorite manga. There was a group of about five, maybe six girls that seemed very hesitant to speak as the globe rolled to them and it kept whacking it around the six of them as they avoided any opportunity to have a turn to speak. Finally, five of the girls forced the globe on one of them and she shyly said her name and after a few moments, very quietly, sharing her favorite manga. And the manga she said that was her favorite was Karakai Jozo no Takagi-san, or as we call it here, Teasing Master Takagi-san. As soon as she said the title, I made a playful gasp, you know, like a, that kind of gasp, pulled out my phone and showed her the wallpaper on it, which just so happened to be Teasing Master Takagi-san. In an instant, those shy, quiet kids blossomed into open, talkative students who seemed super happy to find someone from across the globe that liked the same thing they did. So that's probably one of my favorite moments during that whole two-week program. But, you know, not all of the kids will open up so quickly. There was one interaction with a kid that kind of broke my heart. Mayumi-san and I were going row to row doing introductions, and we come across this young girl. We ask her what her name is. She says nothing. I try again. Still nothing. I ask if she is okay. No words. But I start seeing a lone teardrop falling down her cheek. And listeners, I had to use all of my might to not just hug her right then and there because I understood how she was feeling because I was that shy introverted kid in school for reasons both autistic and not so when I see another person who looked scared to merely introduce themselves I see a mirror reflection of how I used to be and to be frank I can still be a little shy sometimes. Hell, I sometimes have trouble asking for help, looking for something in a store. Thankfully, as soon as we dove into the activities, she did a really good job participating. Now, out of all the games that we played with the kids, there were a couple that were surefire hits. The first was a variation of Blind Man's Bluff, where you and I split the students into two teams. And you and I 
had to guess what animal was on the card from how the kids were imitating them. It was a hard-fought battle, but my team bested Hughes, and he experienced a bit more punishment than I did. The other game that was a big hit with the kids was a form of hangman, but instead of drawing a public execution, I drew bits and pieces of an Oni demon that, if he was drawn all the way, would kidnap all the kids. We used popular anime like Doraemon, Kimetsu no Yaiba Demon Slayer, and Spy Family as the secret words. The latter of which, by the way, Spy Family, a lot of kids were watching, and probably will be watching when it starts up again this fall. And at the end of just about every session, these kids wanted us to stay. They kept asking me questions about myself and my favorite things, of which I had a lot of help from Mahimi-san to translate back and forth. And honestly, I could have kept talking with these kids all day long. They asked me some great questions, and I got to introduce them to so many things about English and American culture. And a shout-out to the kid who asked me what my favorite song was, which gave me the perfect opportunity to introduce these kids to the magical sounds of Frank Turner. The after-school program also gained the attention of the local press. You, Hattori-sensei, Dr. Hirata, and I were interviewed by two different newspapers and featured us in their articles. We also had the opportunity to meet with the mayor of Kami, Although the meeting was entirely in Japanese and no one there was translating anything for us, you know, there was a lot of fast talking and such, he seemed very happy with the work that we were doing. There was a lot that happened in this program, and I had an absolute blast. Well, okay, there was one minor kerfuffle. I, so I had to teach the kids the song Old MacDonald Had a Farm, which kind of bit me in the butt because I created a dumb little dance for it. And when we did it, many of the kids stared at us and had no idea what was going on. And it felt like how it would have felt if I went up and did a stand-up routine and just bombed. It felt like that. And I want to do everything I can to avoid said feeling again. But other than that old McDonald stuff... I loved every moment in this after-school program, and honestly, I want to go back and do it again as soon as possible. I just... It was a blast, and it's honestly the most fulfilling thing that I think I've ever done in my life. And I could go on and on and on about why I enjoyed it so, but that would take hours, and I do think we need to move on. So... In the next segment, I'm going to talk about the things you and I did when not in after-school program mode, which includes some of the greatest food the two of us had in our entire lives. But my throat needs a little break from all this talking, so let's play some more music. And as I mentioned earlier, you is the frontman of the band Shiori Kubrick, and they're currently in the studio working on their debut EP. And the song I'm about to play is a single they released back in 2020. Its Japanese title is Yunyu Bin, and in English, it is called Milk Bottle.
future we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at leaguepodcast.com the league of ordinary gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic check us out wherever you get your podcast on social at leak podcast
album Falling Into Your Eyes record. I saw a lot of advertisements for I'm Yon while in Japan, be it in Kani or Tokyo, so I figured I'd give her music a shot, and she's pretty good. I like it. Now, I want to start this segment by emphasizing something I said in the intro. Kani is a very beautiful town. It's smack dab in the middle of some of the most gorgeous forests I've ever seen, and it's chock-filled with great shops and restaurants. Right near the hotel, there was a video game store where you and I found some great finds, ranging from an awesome Switch controller that they don't sell in the U.S., for reasons unknown, to a discounted copy of the laid-back camp video game on Nintendo Switch, which I'm going to play painstakingly by using Google Translate for every aspect of it. We also stumbled upon the magic, that is, Japanese second-hand shops. And they're not stores that sell, like, half-broken crap like they do in the States. These shops legit had some amazing stuff for an affordable price. We're talking high-end electric guitars and basses for less than $50, washing machines for 200 an anime merch that was so cheap that I have made the conscious decision to never buy from an anime con dealer's room ever again because we're getting screwed by said dealers. I bought plushies of Lupin Third and Inspector Zenagata for less than a buck each. I even found a figurine of Haruhi Suzumiya that goes for almost a hundred bucks back in the States for nine dollars. And it's a sexy one, too. In one shop, you also found a Famicom Mini for less than twenty-five dollars, which is a steal. You and I also looked through one of the local bookstores, which had a very strange way of organizing their manga section. Because next to the wholesome manga of Laidback Camp and Flying Witch and Nananburi was the adult section where nothing was left to the imagination. So that was kind of funny, but somewhat shocking. We also went to a local pet store and saw the kinds of dogs and other animals they were selling. So did you know you could own a meerkat in Japan? Technically, you're supposed to own at least two so they don't get lonely, but there was one in this pet store, and it was running back and forth in its cage, and if I were a rich bastard, I would have bought him because he was so cute. (sighs) Calm down, calm down. 
We also discovered the wonder that is Don Quixote. If you don't know what Don Quixote is, think Walmart if designed by someone with ADHD. And yet, it's designed so well that you will find yourself walking from one random section to the next going, actually, kind of need something like that. Ooh, I need something like this. Oh, I actually needed that. And you and I found a lot of great items there, from a Game Boy Advance player for the TV to something as simple as a 50 yen coin purse, of which I've been trying to find for years. Donkey is everywhere in Japan, like Walmart is here in the States, but they definitely have better products and the like than Walmart does. Now, for those of you who don't know, Connie is home to one of the most well-respected guitar factories. The brand is known as Kei and it's been around for almost 90 years. Kei is the go-to for many Japanese artists for their handcrafted acoustic guitars. In fact, it's the go-to acoustic guitar for one Sir Paul McCartney. With you being the musician, he took every opportunity to try out many of the guitars that they had on display. Some of these had double, even triple necks, which, as you pointed out, were pretty intimidating to lay his hands on. But seeing what Kei were able to create for guitars... These were practically works of art when you see him up close. So you took every opportunity to try out as many as you could. Earlier, I mentioned that the Route Inn had a public bath. But in Kani, they have an amazing hot springs resort that you and I checked out. This was his first time going to one, and he was kind of nervous. You know, nakedness and all that. But as a hot springs veteran myself... I gave him the rundown of how it works and why he'll be okay. And he and I had a wonderful time, very relaxing. The water felt great, and the food they served there was terrific. In Connie, there's also quite a lot of karaoke spots, of which you and I took the opportunity to try out some of them. We had a blast singing songs in English, Japanese, and Chinese, And they have a much better selection of songs over there than at American karaoke spots. We also found an arcade that looked like it had been frozen in time. They had Crane Games, their versions of Guitar and Drum Hero, and some lost fighting game classics. Although it wasn't what we hoped it would be, it was still fun to check out. One day, actually the last day before we went and headed to Tokyo, Yu's partner Ayako, her husband Keitaro, took us to the Osu area of Nagoya, where we saw plenty of anime merch, gacha areas, and experienced a delightful maid cafe called May Dreamin', which had cute girls and some tasty parfaits. Now this leads into the good stuff, the food of Kani. And I know everyone raves about how amazing the food is in Hokkaido. I've never been to Hokkaido, so I can't say for certain how good their food is. But I will say that I went to Kani and had the best food I have ever eaten in my life. You and I found restaurants that served the best yada 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 we've ever had. And it all started with Unagi Akani. At Unagi Akani, only eel was on the menu. And the place looked like it also served as the cook's residence. 
We took a bite of their eel, and you and I were transported to Unagi heaven. Crispy outside, tender inside, and the flavor just melted in our mouths. We would have gone back to that restaurant every single night. It was that amazing. Unfortunately, when we went back the next day, there was a big closed sign right in front with a message saying that their air conditioner broke and they had no idea when they'd be reopening. So, you and I were pretty bummed out about that. However, that gave us the opportunity to try other restaurants in town, of which there were a lot of. So there's a chain in Japan called Saizeria, which is kind of like their Denny's. But unlike Denny's, Saizeria's food is cheap, super tasty, and you don't feel like you have to go and break the toilet after consuming their food. Their pizzas are less than $5, and they taste great. Their Hamburg state was surprisingly good, and I drank as much Fanta melon soda that I could because it's the best-tasting soda I've ever had, but they don't sell it in the States because... reasons. We went a couple of times, of which one occasion I had the pleasure of meeting one of my other online English students, Toguchi-san. In a restaurant called Sagami, I had an amazing katsudon bowl with a side of fried chicken. You had their eel there just to compare, and while he liked it, it wasn't as good as Unagi Akani. We also found a couple of great ramen shops around town, one specializing in pork broth and another with miso broth. We also discovered Frog and Frog, which had a strawberry boba tea that you could just die for. All of the participants of the after-school program even went out for a night of sushi, being served the best of the best one could offer. One night, before attending a fireworks show, Dr. Hirata, Ayako-san, her husband Kitaro, and their kids all took us to Okonomiyaki Botonbori, a place where you make your own okonomiyaki, the Japanese pancake. And surprisingly, I didn't make a mess of things. In fact, it all turned out to be super tasty. 10 out of 10 would highly recommend it. In between an after-school session, we also got to experience Japan-styled burgers at a place called Carly Burger, which was actually pretty tasty. Now, here's where I'd like to mention just how great the food is in Japan. We went to a Japanese McDonald's where their burgers taste light years better than they are here. Trust me, have one of their teriyaki burgers. You will not be disappointed. Which then leads me to their 7-Elevens and Lawson's and Family Mart's. Everything there is freshly cooked, and it all tastes amazing. You wouldn't dare eat a piece of fried chicken from an American 7-Eleven, because you damn well know it's more than likely been on the ground and covered with rat poop. American convenience stores need to step up their game. Speaking of convenience, it is nice having vending machines every few hundred feet when walking around. Because, you know, one minute you're not thirsty and you just walk by one. Suddenly, the thirst hits you. And just as soon as you start regretting that you didn't grab a drink, oh, here's another vending machine. It's a good system, a very good system. We should be doing that too. Also, their alcohol is cheap with my new favorite, Santori Horiyoi Ramune Sour, costing as little as 97 cents. 
One evening, one of my other English students, Miyuki-san, took me to a food festival at the Gifu World Rose Garden, which the site of that place is truly beautiful. At the festival, I tried out the fried chicken at Happy Inaba, alongside some of the longest French fries I've ever had. Add on some strawberry-shaved ice, and it was a fantastic festival meal. Miki-san and I also went to a cafe called Komada's Coffee a couple of days earlier, which had a fantastic iced cocoa that I could drink every day if I could. With the aid of Ayako-san, Kitaro, and their massive and wonderful family, you and I also got to experience Nagashi Somen. This is where thin noodles will slide down a bamboo shoot, and you have to catch it as fast as you can. It's super fun and super tasty, with them sometimes adding grapes and tomatoes to mix it up a bit. It's a unique idea that I think could get kids who are picky with their food to try new things. I mean, if they did this with the food I refused to eat as a kid, I more than likely would have eaten and participated in it. Just saying. But I'm saving the best food for last. Let me tell you about a place called Greedy House. Greedy House is a nighttime restaurant that specializes in American-styled cuisines. With risque drawings hanging on the wall, with Tom and Jerry cartoons playing on the TV, which, Connie, what's with all the Tom and Jerry stuff? That cartoon hasn't been popular in the U.S. since the 90s. Why is it popular over there? Uh, Anyway, back to what I was saying. The place had a great atmosphere. And then they served us our food. The first time I went, I had their bacon and tomato pizza, which was the best bacon and tomato pizza I've ever had. The cheese was perfectly cooked. The bacon was perfectly crispy. And the crust had a crunch with a sweet, buttery aftertaste. I also ordered a chocolate parfait that was the perfect end to a perfect meal. The second time I went, I ordered the thing that you ordered before and again. Their ribs. God tier is still an understatement over how good their ribs are. New Orleans would cry over their inferiority regarding how they make their ribs if they had tasted Greedy House's ribs. If you want the best food that Connie has to offer, it's at Greedy House. And if I lived in Connie, that place would be my go-to hangout spot for great eats and fun chats. Now, you may be thinking, how many pounds did this guy gain while there? I actually lost weight in Japan. In fact, I lost so much weight that I nearly reached what I weighed when I graduated from college. Of course, now that I'm back here, I've gained a few of those pounds back, which... (sighs) You can't win in this country. Honestly, the food was the second best thing about Connie. In reality, it was the people. Whether it was our partners in the after-school program, a chef at one of the restaurants we went to, or even a sales clerk at a family mart, the level of politeness and kindness we experienced was truly unforgettable. It made me wish that we had this level of politeness back in America. But, you know, way too many people here feel like they're more important than the next person. And I think that about covers everything you and I had seen experienced, and ate in Connie. It's a wonderful town filled with terrific people and places, and I hope I get the chance to return in the near future. 
Honestly, I can picture myself having a good life living in Connie. That's how much I really enjoyed it there. And being back in Boston, you know, I miss it a lot. Yeah, I really want to get back over there. <sighs> We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I will share with you with what I did in Tokyo. But right now, let's dive into some more music. After four years of waiting, Perfume are back with a new album called Plasma. And it's everything I wanted their next record to be. A synthwave future funk extravaganza. From Plasma, here are Perfume with Mawaru Kagami.
Presenting a bold new adventure into Lovecraftian horror and black comedy, The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's acclaimed second series, The Terrible Secret of Lot X. So, to the woman in green. Estelle Thorpe has made a precarious purchase. Get anything good? Contents of automobile trunk, back seat, and glove box unsorted. Mmm, riveting. But this auction win is more than it seems. A deranged man tried to outbid me. He confronted me afterwards. That box you bought? Burn it if you know what's good for you. He who is not to be named killed those boys and it's my fault. Just like he's gonna kill you. To solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered, Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Cubbenfield, a renowned mountain man author. Estelle, ma'am, I, I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds are good, but the goods are Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm gonna just be upstairs cleaning my gun. <laughs> Who are you, my dad? <laughs> Oswald Sinclair, Hobo King. That's that, not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now. And Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm-mm. That sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together, they encounter monsters above and below, and an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham, after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children. The Necronomicon. Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back. You, you all brought me back. Brought you back from what? This is not our world. This is not our world at all. When the dance is done and his infernal song rings loudest, there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. You leap onto this thing's back and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. I will eat you. Dear Lord, what happened to you? It's t- take too long to explain. We gotta get to uh, get to the hospital. I'll tell you what right now, we, we can't go to the police with this. Yeah, I suspect you're right. They'll put us in the sanitarium. I the air gives way to the crushing depths. You're drowning. You're drowning in a sea of yellow. In this program, our cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen, and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness. Discover the terrible secret of Lot X, the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player. Just search for The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program or unlock all our secrets at CthulhuMystery.com.
From the rainy streets of Seattle, that was Black Knight Crash with The Take. That's a teaser from their next album, Washed in the Sound with Black Knight Crash, which hits stores this October. After two weeks in Kani, you and I took a bullet train to Tokyo. And no, it's nothing like what the new Brad Pitt movie showcased, although that is one of the best action films I've seen in years. The Bullet Train is a wicked comfy ride that brought us to our destination quickly and efficiently. In Tokyo, our respective people were waiting for our arrival. Yu's girlfriend, Anna, and my old college friend, Masaki. We both parted ways with Yu and Anna going to an Airbnb in the Ota area of Tokyo, and Masaki and I to his home in Kaskabe. It was a long train ride to Kaskabe, one made slightly longer due to the heavy bags I was dragging around. But we finally arrived at the Ichinowari station, to an area that I remembered greatly when I first came there 15 years prior. We arrived at my friend's home where his wife Tomoko, another college friend of mine, and their giant Akita dog Yuki were waiting. And let me just say, as much as I loved Yuki and her fluffiness, she did not return that love kindly, as someone who normally deals well with dogs, especially ones who, quote-unquote, don't do well with other people that aren't their owners. I was shocked by how much Yuki hated me. So I guess I can't win them all. The first night there, we went out for sushi and beer, where we took the opportunity to catch up and see what we've been up to these last 15 years. It was a lovely reunion filled with good conversations and tasty bites and drinks. The next day, Masaki tagged along with me as we went to the Tokyo National Museum and Ueno Zoo, the former having some fantastic artworks and exhibits that really showcased the history of Japan beautifully. As for the zoo, one could see that the humidity was affecting many of the animals as most were either lazing about, sleeping, or swimming. And honestly, I don't blame them as the summers in Japan are freaking hot. After returning, we went to a nice little bar that was close to Masaki's house, where I was introduced to the wonder that is plum wine. It's got a sweet taste, and it gets you hammered fast. Hence why I only had a couple of glasses before I started feeling tipsy. For the rest of my time in the area, I was pretty much on my own, as Masaki had a work meeting to attend on Tuesday, and I had made plans for just about the rest of the trip with other friends. It also gave me the chance to figure out the train system in Tokyo, which, if you don't have the Japan Transit app, is way confusing to figure out. So I decided to make my first solo trip an easy point A to point B one, Asakusa. Now, Asakusa is the city where I got my Ichiban headband from, so I was pretty familiar with the area. But again, the humidity made it tough to explore, so whenever I had an opportunity, I found the cooler shopping areas where I explored through some of the stores and even their own massive Don Quixote. But here and there, I went back to the main pathway where the Kaminarimon gates and temple were, and had a nice time revisiting a past area. When I got back to Kasukabe, I regrouped with Misaki and Tomoko, and went to Misaki's parents' house for a terrific home-cooked dinner. I have been in touch with Misaki's parents every single year since 2007, 
sending them Christmas cards and writing them an annual letter that told of what I was up to in the last 12 months. Masaki's mom, who I'm also Facebook friends with, is an expert flower arranger, with her works even making it onto the tins of some of the best teas in the world. His father works as an architect, but spends his free time drawing and painting. It made me so happy to finally see them again, on top of tasting Masaki's mom's cooking, which... <laughs> she is such an amazing cook. The next day was a trip to Ikebukuro, where I met up with my friend, stage actress and aspiring voice actress Haruna Hara. She and I first met at Showa Boston back in 2019, where we were partnered up in a Japanese language class during a free chat period. She has helped me with some of my Japanese, and I have helped her with her English, of which we actually do audio chats nearly weekly to help spruce up her speaking skills. She's also friends with Yu's girlfriend, Anna, which doesn't come much as a surprise, seeing as she also went to show a Boston. We went to the Milky Way Cafe, which had some great BLTs and prosciutto sandwiches, on top of a fine selection of parfaits based on the astrological signs. We walked on over to two clothing shops, the much-recognized Uniqlo and their sister store, GU, the latter selling great attire cheaper than the former. After that was a trip to Gamers, a massive anime and manga shop where both of us got to point out our current faves. The heat was getting to me, though, and by a solid recommendation from Haruna, we went to, you guessed it, Don Quixote, to pick up a portable fan that rests nicely on your neck. Unfortunately, after that, we had to depart, as Haruna had practice for her upcoming play, Shiso 7th Play, where she'll be playing one of the three parts of the Kiroberos. That night, Misaki took me into downtown Kaskabe for a night at a local hostess club. The reason? To practice my Japanese speaking skills. And what better way to do so than being paired with a very cute lady? We each paid for about an hour's time as I tried my best to speak Japanese with them. And if I were to grade myself when it comes to my Japanese conversation skills, I'd probably give myself a C+. I passed and was able to talk somewhat, but Google Translate had helped me some. I obviously still need to practice more. We had a day of rest on Thursday, but Masaki took me to a nearby onsen where the waters were perfect and their katsudon was surprisingly good. We all also met up with Misaki's parents again, where we did shabu-shabu and tried every meat imaginable. And there was the one and only time where I ate something from Japan that I didn't like. Sakura yuke. And sakura yuke is raw egg and raw horse meat. Apparently, it's Tomoko's favorite, but to me... It's so slimy and gross. Zero out of ten, never again. Sorry to the horse that was made to make the meal, and to all the horses of the world for merely trying their meat once. You and I met up in Akihabara, where we spent the first hour getting lost. Turns out if we had just turned a different corner at the beginning, we would have found the main hub of Akihabara. You found a lot more retro video games to add to his collection, whereas I finally found myself a plushie of laid-back camps Nadeshko to pair up with my giant Rin Shima back home. We found a good ramen shop for dinner, where we both realized that it takes more than one day to just do Akihabara. But we found and bought things we wanted, so I guess you can call it a success. 
Saturday was a special event as Saki's parents invited me for a traditional multi-course Japanese meal known as kaiseki. This meal consists of various foods, including soups, sashimi, rice, veggies, and tofu. On one occasion, they had me wear a special garb, which technically I'm not supposed to wear until I turned 60. Also, they apparently don't get foreigners much, so they kind of made an extra big deal out of my presence, as they gave me the chance to look around the facility and see some of their gorgeous artworks. Some exploring in Casca Bay followed, where I stumbled across the official Crayon Shin-Chan shop. And you know, I wish Crayon Shin-Chan became popular over here in the States. It had a very brief moment in the U.S. thanks to Adult Swim back when I was in college, but... They never pushed the dub past 78 episodes, which is a shame because the English dub was pretty amazing. And I feel like I should pause here as there is a lot to cover for my final days in the Tokyo area. So let's play a couple more tracks and we'll get back to my journey right afterwards. 9 Meter Power Barrel and Bullet are back with a brand new album called Tightrope. From that release is Awayuki.
churros, butterbeer, funnel cake, boysenberry. There's no food like theme park food. Eat the Magic is a YouTube series about theme park food in Southern California and maybe Florida. Eat the Magic is hosted by a childless millennial of real repute, Jared the Greek. Karen's want him, Chad's wants to be him, no bothers given. Tune into our show, Eat the Magic, on YouTube. See our thirst for Dolip on Instagram at Eat the Magic. We'll see you real soon at the parks. Why? Because we like you.
ending theme to the laid-back camp movie, that was Eri Sasaki with Mimosa. And I was so close to seeing that film when I was in Kaskabe. But sadly, all they had was a late-night screening, and I just couldn't muster the need to find a place to hang around for a few hours before it had started. Fingers crossed that Crunchyroll puts it out soon. My final four days in Tokyo I will call my most special, as it gave me the chance to meet up with a long-time friend. But before that meeting occurred, I made a quick stop at Roppongi. There, I was immediately surrounded by dozens of Doraemon statues, as its station, TV Asai, was near the train station. After walking for about 20 minutes, I reached something I thought I'd only get to read about online, the Sailor Moon Museum. There, I got to see the history of the iconic manga, as well as its anime and musical adaptations. There were original prints, promotional works, even a couple of new drawings that were made exclusively for the exhibit. After going to the museum cafe and enjoying their little sliders, I then headed to Toyoso for a meeting that's been years in the making. As some of you may recall, I used to have a friend on my show that would do Japanese culture segments. Her name is Sawakato, and she used to front the band Sawa's Fool, on top of doing some music for Square Annex. And for 12 years, we've kept in touch with us doing bi-weekly Skype chats to spruce up her English language conversational skills and to help with a little bit of my Japanese. At Toyosu, we met each other in person for the very first time. And that moment is something I'll cherish for my entire life. After a big, long hug, we made our way to our first destination, Team Lab Planets. It's hard to describe what Team Lab is, but they have a few locations around the world, and each place is an interactive exhibit that uses light, water, and nature to create some of the most beautiful sights around. Planets, which is only going to be in Toyosu for a few more weeks as of this recording, is their magnum opus of exhibitions. There's a waterfall you climb up, a room filled with soft, sinking material that makes you try to crawl towards the exit, and a room filled entirely with lights that sync up with some pretty intergalactic sounds. We also found ourselves knee-deep in water filled with virtual koi and flowers, as well as a room of giant inflatables. But it's the last room, one where flowers float all around in a planetarium-like setting, where Sawa and I could have stayed all day in. I'm not that much of a religious guy, but Team Lab Planet's exhibit was as close to a heavenly experience as one could imagine. Also, they had some pretty amazing vegan ramen that even took me by surprise. We took a trip to Diver City Tokyo Plaza afterwards, where Sawa and I came face-to-face with their true-to-life-scale model of the Unicorn Gundam. It is quite a sight to see in person, this massive robot. The attention to every piece of detail was staggering, with there being parts that only those who built the damn thing would even see. Not only was it cool seeing the Unicorn Gundam, but it was also pretty intimidating. Terrifying, even. Last time I felt both wild and frightened like this was when I saw the Schoolmaster puppet from Roger Waters' The Wall Show in person at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
but it was a great way to end Sawa and mine's first day together. We took a trip to Kawasaki the next day as we prepared to visit the Fujiko F. Fujio Museum. This was a loving display of not just the artist's work, but also a showcase of why his creation, Doraemon, is such a beloved character in Japan. The original prints, the process of how a page of Doraemon was created that used some very impressive holograms, and even the statues and gardens at the museum were quite the sights to behold. We then made our way to Sanganjaya, where another friend of mine had her shop. Sushi Mamile singer and guitarist Mari Kono and her Mari Yeah boutique. We spent about half an hour chatting and buying a couple of her handmade items. It had been three years since I saw Mari, the last time being at O'Brien's Pub in Alston for a gig, and I was hoping to see the band perform while I was in Japan. Unfortunately, their next performance was set for sometime after I was to leave. But I did get to see her, and that alone, I think, was worth it. I also accidentally stumbled upon the main Showa University, which I was able to take a couple of pictures of. But due to construction, their main gate was down, so I couldn't get a shot of that. After some karaoke, Sawa and I departed for the day, with Shinjuku in our sights next. Our first stop was at the Square Enix Cafe, a necessity seeing as Sawa worked on the World Ends With You soundtrack. We then headed to the Kabukucho area, where we saw the famous Godzilla head towering over Toho Cinemas. We attempted to find a tall enough building to get a good picture of the Tokyo cityscape, but almost every place we went to was closed due to COVID vaccine distributions. However, we did manage to find one good stop to get a pic, and then we headed to a concert. The concert was an Isla Group showcase, something that, as some of you may know, doesn't usually interest me. But I did manage to see a few good acts, including the Harajuku influence Mon Yusode. There were also two idol groups whose style took me by surprise, Bop and Piping Hot, both of whom were drag king groups. Apparently, this has been a thing for a few years, but it was a first for me. Nonetheless, they were both pretty impressive. However, there was one act that Sawa and I both were very interested in. So it turns out that Sawa has been longtime friends with the world-famous and legendary being known as Ladybeard. And that night, his baby beard act took the stage to a sight of bewildered concertgoers. Naturally, I had to take the reins and give them the energy of 20 people, and the rest of the crowd, which was small because of COVID regulations, thankfully followed. And for 20 minutes, Babybeard conquered the stage with great dancing, cute singing, and hardcore screaming. We chatted a bit after the show, but they had to do some fan meet and greets soon after their performance. At that point, Sawa and I parted as I made my journey to Kamakura to stay overnight. It was downpouring when I arrived, but thankfully, the hotel was a quick minute-long walk from the station. I got to my hotel, took a nice long bubble bath, and quickly fell asleep. Sawa rendezvoused with me the next morning as we made our way to the Zeni Arai Benton Shrine. There, we washed our money to help bless it in hopes that our earnings may at least double. Ironic, seeing as when I came back to the States, the current value of the Japanese yen made me lose half of my earnings when I exchanged them. 
But the best part of this shrine visit came when going to the Water Dragon to read our fortune. Sawa and I had paid a couple hundred yen to grab our fortunes, which were revealed when we placed them in water. Sawa's fortune level was a three, which is low and meant that she had to tie it to a branch nearby to better her luck. But I didn't need that, as my luck was a perfect ten. Great health, great chance at love, a great fortune all around. However, it did say that when it came to my financial luck, that I would be paying slightly more than the usual person. Not sure what that entails, but I won't be complaining. After the shrine, we took a quick bus ride and a long walk to Kamakura's giant Buddha. While not as big as the Unicorn Gundam, the sight of the massive god towering over us was very ominous, albeit somewhat comforting what with its peaceful nature. Apparently, you can go inside the giant Buddha, but due to COVID, that part of the exhibit wasn't open. But it was still neat to see this giant deity in person. Sawa and I then met up with one of my old college friends, Mizuho, who brought her daughter Momoka along for a tasty temporal lunch and a walk around town. We visited a local shrine, which contained many barrels of sake meant for the Shinto gods. It apparently gets changed out every year, which made me wonder what they do with the leftover sake from yesteryear. It was a nice meetup with an old friend, one that I hope I can keep in good contact with. We then went to Yokohama quickly, bought a couple of things at the Bandai Namco store, and then headed back to Shinjuku. There, Ladybeard was waiting for us, as we went out for dinner for some incredibly tasty sausages and fine liquor. We chatted about all things life-related, as I shared with him what I wanted to achieve in Japan. We also talked about what life is like for a foreigner, giving me the lowdown of what I should expect if I were to live in Japan. Some good, some bad, and some very weird things to follow. But it was an eye-opening conversation that gave me some insight on what I need to do to prepare if I find a job in Japan. Alas, the fun times had to end, as I gave Ladybeard a hug farewell and Sawa one big last hug goodbye. I headed back to Kasukabe, shared a couple of plum wine drinks with Misaki, sang a couple of songs in karaoke to the delight of an elderly couple at the bar, and proceeded to pack my belongings. When morning came, I had a quick breakfast, grabbed all of my things, and made the 90-minute trek on the train towards the airport. You would meet up with me a couple of hours later as he wanted to spend as much time as he could with Anna before parting ways. We then got on the plane, took flight, and said matane to the country that welcomed us warmly. Thus concludes my month-long journey in the land of the rising sun. When we come back, I share some parting words to the people of Japan. Dark Wave Pioneers Pink Turns Blue are hitting the road this season, and they're bringing with them four new tracks to mark the occasion. From the Tainted Tour 2022 EP, this is We Can Still Make It. Wasted 
Together, we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackandpat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Easter. 
Find the Way. That's on the Yaboy Kangming vocal collection, Mega Morley. You know, when I was going around Japan, I couldn't find much Kangming merch, which kind of disappointed me. Hoping it's popular enough to warrant a second season, though. Right now, I would like to take this opportunity to speak with the people of Kani and Tokyo. And as I should get more practice in, I will speak from the heart while doing my absolute best to use my brain to speak it in Japanese. So, hajimeru. Kani no machi e. Anata wa honto ni subarashi shokuba deshita. Kani no minasan wa totomo shinsetsu de shizen wa utsukushikatta. Tabemono wa watashi ga ima made tabeta naka de saiko deshita. Tsukai uchi ni mata o aidekiru koto o negate imas. Kani no seito no minasane. Minasan no ni krasu ni sanka dekite koe deshita. Watashi to onaji yo ni tono shinde itadaketa nara totomo ureshi desu. Minasan to sugoshita nobi o omoide o taisetsu ni shimasu. Negai wakuba, dokuka no kyoshitsu de, mata o ai dekiru yoni inote imasu. Programmer deno partner e, watashi ga subete no seshin o yaritogeru no ni hitsu yona subete o taskete kuremashita. Minasan wa subarashi team player deshita. Kyo iku no ryo iku. De Arauto, Suhai no Nomimono de Arauto, Itsuno Hika Mata Aeru no O Kitai Ste Imas. Hirata Rio Sensei, Kono Programma ni Sanka Sasete Itadaki, Arigato Gozaimas. Isho ni Shigoto deki, Ko e ni Omoimas. Shorai Mata Isho ni Shigoto ga. Dekiru koto o negate imas. Katsuru exchange ni sidere. Watashi to watashi no ego kyoshi toshite no sukiru o shinji te kurete arigato. Anataga watashi no kachi o shimesu kikai o watashi ni ataete kurena katara. Watashi wa jinsei de koko made tadori suke nakata de sho. Kongo to mo yoroshiku onegai itashimas. Korekara mo stekina go enga suzukimasu yoni. Greedy house e. Anatawa watashiga ima made tabeta naka de saiko no tabimono o sai bisu shite kuremashita. Do yata te rori shita no ka. Watashi ni wa wakarimasen ga. Nippon no anata tatsi wa honmono no America ryori o yori oishiku sukute kuremashita. Mata modote kite menu no subete o tomesu no o tonoshimi ni shite imasu. Don Quixote e America ni kite Walmart o zenbu kaishimete kudasai. それだけです。まさきさん、ともこさん、村田さんご一家の皆様、私を温かく迎えて
いただきありがとうございます。15年もの間、お互いに会えなくて、再会まで長すぎましたね。皆さんが健康で健やかに活動されていて、とっても嬉しかったです。すぐにまた会えるように願っています。誠に申し訳ありません。犬は私が好きではなかったようですが、好かれるように頑張りましたよ。春菜原さんへ、息袋は楽しかったです。あなたが次のプレーで素晴らしい演技をすると確信しています。あなたがスターになっていくのを見るのが楽しみです。カットサワさんへ12年間オンラインでおしゃべりをしてやっと会えてきたのが今回の旅のハイライトでした。私をいろいろなところへ案内してくれてありがとう。そして私たちの友情がこれからも成長し続けることを願っています。最後に日本の皆さんへ。日本の国は私が生涯絶望してきたもの。つまり私の居場所を発見するのを助けてくれました。あなたの美しい土地に私を迎えてくれてありがとう。いつの日かあなたが私を観光客としてではなくあなたの偉大な国の将来の市民として受け入れてくれることを願っています。My thanks to Mikio Hattori Sensei of the Cultural Exchange Initiative for helping to translate this part for me. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on the CEI, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. And Japanese language classes have started over at Showa Boston, but there is still time to sign up for this semester. So if you want to jump into the world of the Japanese language, Go to showaboston.org for more information. And now, let's head back for a couple of more songs. Miwa is back with a brand new EP entitled Kimi ni Koi Shita Toki Kara. This song, I think, is a fine way to cap off the end of this hot season, and it's called Dive into Summer. I'm not afraid of the dark. 
I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgold, and you can tune into the Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese, uh, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow, maybe buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show, yes! Tune in! We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool. And you can hear more good songs just like this.
Beyond the River, coming off of their debut album, The Saber Light Chronicles. Honestly, it's been ages since I've heard a debut album this perfect. Seriously, get this album, crank it up, and embrace the epicness it delivers. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Bastard Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com. Like us on facebook.com slash bostonbastardbrigade and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, the J-Pop, Video Games, Anime, Amino Pages, Instagram, and Twitch at kingbabyduckesh. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compact, which you can find at blackcompact.com, twitch.tv slash blackcompact, and youtube.com slash blackcompact. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from Black Knight Clash and Pink Turns Blue, made possible by Shameless Promotion PR, and a very special thank you to Jesse Kilgus and On for their contributions to Shameless Tuesdays. This trip to Japan was absolute perfection. And I won't lie, I'm sad that I'm not there anymore. I'm going to work hard to get back over there, be it through next summer's program through CEI or as an ALT at one of the schools in Japan. Note that if the latter happens, I am not exactly sure what the future of the website will be like, but I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. So for now... I will close the book on this chapter of my life and hopefully start making some headway for the next one. We're ending the show with a new track from Gesu no Kiwami Otome, who seemed primed to unleash a new album soon. Well, hopefully soon, but this new song will suffice for now. Here are Gesu no Kiwami Otome with Akumu no Omake. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard. But it sure helps. I'm a 
もしも私だけが正しくなれたなら何も聞こえないふりができるつまりは幸せとこの愛だから犯する側になるだけおかしくなる時と何も見えない時奏でる難しさを知るの背中に生えそうな Hey guys, this is your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo from the Electric Sisterhood and your host for the No Borders No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly love what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can.